Welcome to How They Did It. This is a career podcast that will interview different professionals to find out how they got into their careers. We will figure out answers to questions like, what classes did you have to take in college? What was your interview process like? What does your day-to-day look like? And much more. I hope you leave feeling inspired after hearing these stories. But before we go any further, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Also, you can help me out by spreading the word to anyone who would benefit from hearing these stories. Thank you so much for listening to How They Did It. I am your host, Hannah Josie. Let's get into it. So today we are joined by two of my very good friends from Montgomery that I've known for couple of years now, quite a while. Yeah. Um, they are sisters that both took very different paths to get to where you are now. So Mary Austin Hall and Alex Wolf, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate y'all being on my very first podcast episode. Oh, we're honored. We're so honored. Thank you. Yay well, for Dina. Everything we've done has led us to this. To this moment. Yeah, to this moment. <laughs> That's right. Y'all planned to be on a podcast at this very moment. Um, well, today, like, it's just going to be a conversation, just kind of y'all ha- both have really cool paths and journeys that y'all have taken to get to where you are now, um, which like ironically, both of y'all are working for an organization called Hope Hills, um, which is a really cool uh, background and story. And I like, I want y'all to share like just a little bit about that. But before that, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Like, where are you from? Like, however much you want to share. Awesome. Um, as Hannah said, we are from Montgomery, um, Alabama, now living in Birmingham and um, grew up in Montgomery. Um, and we're sisters two years apart. Um, I'm Mary Austin. I know our voice sounds probably similar <laughs> as we're talking, but um, uh, we'll talk more about this. But my career um, has been a fun one with um, being in healthcare and then finding my way to a nonprofit organization. So, um, yeah, we'll get more into that later. What about you all? Yeah, I'm, I'm Alex, and my background professionally and education wise is in graphic design and web design. And I still do a whole lot of that now, both freelance and in my nine to five job. Um, But my job and my responsibilities have expanded to things that make no sense considering (laughs) I did graphic design um, in school, but I'd have it no other way. (laughs) Well, it's funny that you say that because I feel like that's everybody's like, Mm -hmm. like I have a sports management degree that I don't use. Like I have no (laughs) idea what I'm doing with a sports management degree, but uh, I feel like we all uh, at some point in time will end up doing something kind of different. But y'all, y'all both like, ever since I've known y'all, I've looked up to y'all so much. So I'm very just honored that y'all would be on this with me and just share kind of your story and background. So um, let's kind of rewind and go back to high school. Because uh, I know that's what everybody wants to do. Um, <laughs> tell me, did you know, like, Mary, we can start with you. Did okay. you know that you wanted to go into the medical field in high school? That's a great question. Um, I was kind of thinking about this as we were talking about this podcast and just remembering back. It's been a, a longer time ago, high school, than I would like to <laughs> right. um, admit. But I was thinking back and, you know, I had some family speak into that they thought nursing may be like a, a reasonable career path for me. Um, but what really I saw that I feel very confident in in my life starting out really young was just a, a pattern of 
care, compassion, nurturing um, in my life. And at the time, even before high school, I wasn't confident in what that meant. But um, then about six weeks before I graduated, um, our family member, um, our sister-in-law, in fact, had a, um, a catastrophic um, health crisis. She's 26 and just very unexpectedly had um, a stroke. And so uh, it really changed some of the things about our family's um, just trajectory. And as, as I was heading into my um, final like summer before college, it just really changed some things for me. Um, and we had some really fabulous nurses that cared for Catherine, is our sister-in-law's name. And um, they not only cared for her, but they cared for us. And the compassion and care I saw um, and felt in that, uh, that really devastating situation, um, I, you know, I saw people helping us and I wanted to help people. That was the bottom line. So very quickly after I applied for nursing school at Sanford University. So that was kind of a natural um, next step for me after that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I remember where I was the day I got the text message, I think from Alex, that uh, that's ha that happened to Catherine. I was working at the YMCA of all places, oh. like watching kids, and I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so very cool. Um, I didn't, I knew that like you went into, I knew everything happened and I knew you went into medical field, but I didn't know that's what sparked it. Um, so that was, that's very cool. Um, Alice, what about you? Did you know you wanted to do design? Cause you've always been super artsy and <laughs> super creative. Well, I, um, so I went to a, a magnet school in Montgomery that was, had a super, uh, heavy academic focus and a lot of students that went there ended up going to Ivy Leagues and um, there was kind of an expectation of of the educational and career path you'd take when you went there. Um, I loved biology when I was in high school. Um, I loved technology. So I always kind of assumed my career would take some a path towards that. Um, but I've always been creatively oriented, but often, um, especially like 10, 15 years ago, being creative wasn't a viable career option or right. like the skill set didn't matter as much um, a few years back as it does now, which is so cool. So I never really considered creativity much when I thought about what my career might be. Um, but I went to college um, and I think like you, Hannah, I changed my major five times. You changed your six. I think I started, <laughs> yeah, out, I in, um, I started out in English, went to biology, went to filmmaking or uh, screenwriting, I think like zigzagged all around the place. There was no, there was no like rhyme or reason. I'm extremely impulsive and just kind of would change, go to the administrative <laughs> office and change it whenever I felt like it. Love it. I landed in fine art and studio art painting. I'm a pretty good painter. Um, I'm not a good enough painter to make a living or feed myself or pay my rent. And so <laughs> I like I, modest. You know, well, my dad called me one day and said, um, you know, like I, Oh, you're a great painter, baby, but like maybe <laughs> think about something that's um, can make you some money. <laughs> so I found out about this thing I'd never heard of called graphic design, and it uh, somebody kind of pitched it to me as you get to be creative and and um, help people make kind of their creative visions come to life um, through hand drawn art, but also on the computer. And you, there's a lot of job opportunities for that field. Oh, so yeah, use my major for the final time to graphic design um, my sophomore year of college. And I stuck with it um, and just ended up absolutely falling in love with it. 
Oh yeah. I feel like that is definitely the career for you, or like the major for you. Um, I really can't see you doing anything else. Uh, but the crazy thing is like y'all both can do like immeasurably more than like what people realize. Um, so that's really cool. Um, I always knew like you were very creative because I can't draw a stick figure. So um, I always was like, how uh, that video y'all did at youth camp that year with Mary Poppins uh and all that i was like how on earth like it, that is the coolest thing um <laughs> y'all made everything like close back up and the bed was made by itself like i thought that was just, like, i don't know how many years ago was that and i still remember it so that really means a lot to me i mean that was really probably does. 2006. oh my goodness so long ago oh yeah yeah and so um <laughs> but anyway so y'all kind of touched on like college um Mary, if I could switch back to you, um, for nurse practitioner, like if there is a young like person that wants to do nurse practitioning, can you kind of tell them what like basic classes you had to take, what uh, major classes you had to take, just what it was the kind of like curriculum that you had to do? Yeah, that, no, that's really uh, fun to talk about. So you know, with uh, a nurse practitioner is a mid-level provider. So for people who maybe aren't as familiar with that lingo, um, so you have an RN that's a registered nurse. So that's somebody who's had their um, associates or bachelors, but typically nowadays more bachelors in um, nursing. Um, and you have to have that to become um, a nurse practitioner um, after getting your master's and passing some boards. So um, started out at Sanford in undergrad um, in nursing. So, you know, kind of did some of the regular classes that the gen ed stuff there. And then you go on to kind of progress to the more specific um, nursing stuff where you have to um, understand what normal is really well to understand what abnormal is, right? So you do mm. the pathophysiology and the pharmacology and the dosage and critical care, you kind of start progressing. So graduated from um, there and my particular career path went on to do some of the nursing at the bedside. So I spent um, the next three and a half years working um, with neurology patients um, and it was really excellent experience. Um, and during that time, I started getting my master's. Um, so I was working full time, getting my master's full time. And uh, yeah, it was it was a fun <laughs> season. Yeah, I, I always stay busy. <laughs> yeah. And um, so with that, um, as a nurse practitioner, again, you get your master's and there are a lot of different certifications you can get. So there's family nurse practitioner. There's um acute care, which means you're in the hospital, there's a primary care, there's pediatrics, so with kids. Mm -hmm. So I went the route of a, I'm a duly certif uh, certified nurse practitioner. So that means um, I'm an adult in geriatric health. Um, so I do primary care outpatient with those folks, and then I'm women's health. Um, so I have two licenses. So you go through and just more for someone who'd be thinking like, is that something I want to do? Um, it's a wonderful career. There will never be um, a shortage on sickness, unfortunately. So you will always you know, have opportunity for a job. But um, some of the realities of getting it would be um, I did about 500 clinical hours um, during that process just in my master's program. And then I did didactic courses with that over about two and a half years. So um you know, that's obviously a lot of studying and a lot of academic um, stuff that is really, you know, wonderful and prepares you well for the future. But that's more of a provider level. So you're no longer 
executing someone else's orders. You were now giving the orders for how to manage patient care. And I, I was drawn to that because I wanted to have more autonomy in the way I was um, caring for patients. So there were times that I would think, gosh, I would do this differently. Like maybe right. I didn't feel as confident in the order I was having to carry out. And so as a nurse practitioner, you were able to have that independence and in saying, you know, I think this is best for this person. And, um, so went on to graduate um, with that uh, women's health and adult and uh, geriatrics uh, specialty. And then I had to take two boards. So those boards are um, national boards so that, you know, everybody's on the same kind of playing field with making sure we all understand the same things to be able to give care. Um, so I took both of those. So that's kind of the, the process. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mary, Mary that's a lot. Went on to get her doctorate of nursing practice, which she never mm -hmm. brings up, but she got a terminal degree in the field. So there's oh, even beyond her master's, gosh. she's no. got a doctorate. Too. That's so crazy. She's really Dr. Oh. Mary Austin Hall. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I introduced you wrong. Uh, my gosh. It's no Alex is being. I'm the only <laughs> She won't use it. It's very frustrating. No. If I was a doctor of anything, I would like insist. Oh, absolutely. Everybody call me that. All my mail was addressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no, no. Well, i'm gonna be addressing you as such oh, from now God. on no, no. <laughs> dr hall more impressive than it it's it's um so there's phd and there's dnp so the doctor of nursing practice so i have that one the phd is kind of a different animal but like i um it was wonderful it just it's a terminal degree in that field and just kind of equips you for generating research identifying issues in healthcare and how do you get them better. So yeah. yeah, it was fun. I did that at Sanford a few years back. Okay. So did you graduate and like finish everything at Sanford or um, did you go to UAB at all? I was about to say, I was a little bit of a mix. So I did okay. undergrad at Sanford um, and then to so go Bulldogs. Then yeah, I did yeah. masters at UAB, go Blazers, <laughs> back to Sanford. Um, okay. Everything up. So I, I kind of, the bookends were at Sanford. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, see, when my uh, advisor at Troy was like, get ready for graduate level classes, I literally laughed. I was like, there's no way. Like, it took me forever to get an undergrad degree. Why would I go back? <laughs> so um, that's really impressive. Okay, Alice, kind of same question. Um, what did you, because you're kind of like me, switched majors a lot. Um, which that's okay because I've like I had to really tell myself like especially after graduating like no lie it took 10 years because I started doing two classes at a time try to pay it off and all that kind of stuff and so I really had to tell myself it is okay like college is not uh like you have to graduate in four years or however long like you can take your time it's okay so I think that's also important for like high school students and people that are in a college now to know it's okay. Like it can take as long as you need it to. But um, so your journey to graphic design uh, was a little bit different. So can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, to your point just now, I think that college is awesome. It is a privilege in this economic climate and it, with the state of the world and education and the internet and democratized knowledge, college is a maybe a little bit of an artifact if, in some cases, if I'm yeah. being really honest. And I went to college, I really liked it. If I was 18 right now, I would either not go to college or I would take a gap year or mm -hmm. two or three to work yes. and understand myself. The fact that kind of our 
society is set up that a bunch of 18 year olds with half formed <laughs> yeah. are asked to choose their path for the rest of their life and pay a hundred grand to do it and get themselves in debt before they even have like a bank account to their name. Mm-hmm. It's wild and it's yeah. so silly. So I think, I hope mm-hmm. anyone listening to this understands they have all the permission in the world mm-hmm. to go be a waitress or go be a nanny or mm-hmm. go be an or a an electrician or anything mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. get out in the world and explore a little bit. There's no like pressure. There's a lot of ways to, to make a paycheck. Um, so, but that being said, I'm really, really grateful. I got to go to college. Um, and I, in graphic design, the program I in particular was in, it's very trade based. So it's less didactic teaching and it's a lot more practical hands-on mm-hmm. projects. Um, and while I did do a ton of hours in art history in design theory and color theory, um, I did just as many in studio art. Um, so there was a lot of book learning and tests and writing, but then kind of the second half of the degree was all practical, which was so much fun. Um, a lot of internship hours required, that type of thing. Um, and so pretty much classes were structured of like, here is a theoretical brief from a theoretical client. Here are the mm-hmm. deliverable, deliverables required of you. Here's your timeline. And then you work on it for weeks and usually many simultaneous projects going on across classes, some in web, some in print, some in brand design, pattern design, whatever. Um, and then at the end of the assignment, everybody was so cool. We, we had like a small class of about 10 students that you went through the whole three-year program with the end of an assignment. You'd all, you put all your um, designs up on a screen or on a board and you'd have to defend them mm-hmm. And you were critiqued. Um, and the, the first year of design school, like it hurt your feelings so badly because mm-hmm. you just hear all yeah. the done better or like, um, you know, it, got, it felt very personal. Mm-hmm. But to me, the, the biggest lesson I learned in design school wasn't even about design. It was about separating Alex, the person from Alex, the product. And mm-hmm. um, it just gives you such a thick skin and you're able to realize like critique is a great thing and critique moves us forward. It doesn't have to hurt us. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's awesome. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of high school students, especially now are in the, like, I have to compare myself to everybody. And if I'm not living up to that standard, then like I'm doing something wrong and it's not like that. Um, so that's awesome. Like I even have like to this day, I'm 33 years old. Like I don't love when people critique me. Um, and so that's something that you have to learn, um, that, uh, that's important. So everybody, no matter what field you're in learning to gracefully accept critique and not defensively, but with security and an open mind. That's mm-hmm. like one of the best life skills you can learn. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, okay. So transitioning from like college, Mary and Alex, uh, let's go to after college. Um, and Mary, if you want to pick up again, where like, how was the like process of finding a job? Like, how does that all work inside the like nursing field, medical field, um, because I know a lot of it, um, I heard a friend say who's going through nursing school was like, well, usually wherever you do your, and I'm going to butcher this term, it's basically your internship. What right. is it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Preceptor. There we go. I can never remember that word. Preceptorship is where yeah. you get hired on for sure. the hospital and all that. So is there truth in that? Like, can you kind of elaborate? Like how, what was your job process like or um, the interview? Yes. So um, I was thinking through and I've had several jobs. Um, 
a few yeses to get those jobs, but tons and tons of no's. So I've gotten to have a lot of opportunity um, to interview and it's a, it's a very good experience. But um, with nursing in the medical field, um, again, especially in the current climate, there is such a need for nurses. It's just a really unique time to be in healthcare. Um, so I really feel for those new grads, honestly. But um, for me, a few things I saw and uh, that kind of were helpful as I, I was thinking back about kind of how I got my job um, or my jobs. Uh, <laughs> I was a, an RN. Um, Plural. Yeah, oh, there's been a lot. Of, <laughs> when I was an RN, um, you know, there's usually, of course, a database, like a, you know, a website, like, and whether that's Indeed or any of those others, but usually the hospital system is going to have a website where they have their jobs listed. So um, obviously applying there and doing that, like, it is your job until you get this job, you know, making that like a real um, yeah. consistent practice, because sometimes it's very hard, you want to drag your feet over that, because you're like, oh, gosh, I don't know, I just, this is not fun, or that doesn't look good. But for me, this is like, not um, going to make me sound very cool, but it's just true. I applied for so many jobs on one of the hospital's websites that I like exceeded the um, <laughs> things they let you like applications they let you put in. So, <laughs> That's great. So tenacity is a big one. Um, how I actually ended up getting the job was um, I finally was sick of not hearing from people and I took a stack of resumes and I walked around the hospital where I wanted to work and started passing them out. Um, just like to any manager I could find. Um, so a lady who uh, got one of my resumes said, I think that's kind of hilarious and scrappy. Do you want an interview? And I said, yeah, and yeah. So interviewed me the next day and I got the job. So um, tenacity is huge with that. Um, you know, being an NP, one thing I was thinking about, um, you know, I had a job that I really thought was the right fit and ended up not getting it. I was kind of in the top three and ended up not getting it and kind of long story short, went on and did my doctoral work during that time. And it was so thankful that I didn't end up getting it because I wouldn't have been able to do them simultaneously. I think I kind of thought I would. And, and interestingly enough, when I graduated from my, um, with my doctorate, um, that same job had reopened the person who had gotten the job had moved. And, um, so I applied and got it the next time. So I think having some persistence in that saying like, okay, I'm going to try again. Cause a part of me was like, is it so silly to try again? And are they going to be like, yeah, we remember you and did not give you the job last <laughs> on purpose. Like, but I ended up getting it there, which was really fun. Um, then, you know, as I've kind of looked at some of the other things in my career that have been a little less healthcare focused, when I think about interviewing um, and those things, I think there's something to be said and we'll talk more about future um, kind of what happened after the healthcare stuff. But being in tune to the circumstances around you um, mixed with mm. your giftings and talents. Um, I think that's when you really can find some magic in your career is saying like, where are my talents and where are the needs that I see? And like, what are my circumstances? So I think for me, that's kind of where some of my other jobs came into play um, was being in tune to some of the things around me that were a little out of the box actually. So yeah, that would be some, some interview tips though, but medical world be persistent. And then honestly, connections to never hurt anybody, um, mm -hmm. unfortunately, but that is, that can be really helpful. It's, you know, be a, do well in your different careers, um, and in the different places you serve or in your different, you know, jobs. Um, and those will really help as you look for future 
future options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw somebody that did like a hashtag no plan B, <laughs> which at first I'm just like, oh gosh, like <laughs> that's a little intimidating. Like this is the only thing that you're going to go after. But if you have a passion for something and you have this like desire to do it, then absolutely. Like I would be doing the exact same thing, passing out resumes to wherever I wanted to work. Um, <laughs> like there's, <laughs> there's some truth into being said, like, if you want it that bad, like you have to do the work, like, and there's sometimes it's hard. Um, like a lot of things don't come easy in life. So, um, that's really awesome that, and I think it's important for people to know that too. Like if you do want something, keep trying, like go for it. Um, so that's really cool. Um, so Alex, I know, uh, you have a little bit different, uh, story after you finished, uh, Mm -hmm. college. Uh, can you kind of, uh, tell everybody about, so uh, part of the graduation requirements in my program were a six-month-long internship at an agency or at a company that had a graphic design department. Um, and so my ju- junior or senior year of college, I took an internship um, with a nonprofit. But the reason I took this particular internship was because the summer before that year of college, Mary Austin had gotten married she'd graduated and gotten married and we had been roommates and we're best friends and I was so devastated at the thought of returning <laughs> to college that I was like instead of going back to school where I'm going to be bummed out I'm going to move to Africa and take this internship <laughs> at a nonprofit in <laughs> and so which is um what is called avoidance in <laughs> psychology and counseling. But I, I, so I um, moved to South Africa for six months and had this incredible experience. And kind of my day job there was uh, graphic design and media production for this nonprofit. So through connections at that job, I was offered a job in London after I graduated um, and kind of doing similar work, like producing media for this nonprofit, um, based in London. So in 2014, I graduated college and I, um, moved to England for a few years and just had the time of my life. Um, loved it so, so much. It was cool. A lot of my friends went to work for agencies or for kind of as the corporate graphic designers for, you know, like an insurance company or something depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was cool to be able to use my skill set for something I really cared about and really mattered, which was some humanitarian work um, overseas. Um, So it was my interview and application process was not portfolio based very much. It was about who I knew, about connections I made at an existing job, and then about what I cared about. And of Mm -hmm. course, it obviously had to be able to do a certain amount of design. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, for the most part, my, my, my case is a little bit of an exception because in most design careers, it's all about your portfolio, um, mm-hmm. and having up-to-date skill sets and web and, and UX design and all that type of thing. Um, yeah, so I can't say that's a recommendation, but that's just <laughs> how my, um, career played out simultaneously that I was doing freelance, uh, web design and graphic design the entire time. I've done that now for over 10 years because um, that just keeps you sharp in ways that maybe if your job only certain focuses on a certain area of design, design changes so quickly, especially web. Um, so it's really good to keep kind of a, a freelance gig going on the side. So you're always kind of sharpening that, that skill set and those muscles 
that your job might not um, require you to do. Yeah, uh, no, that's awesome. Because I mean, this whole thing is about like the different paths that people took to get where they are now. So even though you might not have like a traditional, like I did an interview and then did all this, uh, yeah. like it, there is a lot to be said about connections. Like, like it's who you know sometimes. Um, so no, that's really great. I think that's important too. Is uh, as people are trying to figure out what yeah. am I going to do in life? Uh, let's move to Africa or <laughs> let's go to and London. I, can't, I really can't stress enough that living overseas in those two different contexts in my early twenties was the best decision I ever could have made. It's informed mm. so much about the way I see the world. Um, that I realized that I'm small and my problems aren't you know, so serious. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And it makes you independent and brave and it scares you a lot and it forces you to just kind of like become autonomous, um, but also dependent in funny ways. So that is a, I would never, ever change living overseas. Best decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, like y'all said before, like taking a gap year and all that, Mm -hmm. um, is like, I would encourage that more now than I probably would have ever have done that. Mm -hmm. Cause y'all are right. Like as an 18, 19 year old, like trying to figure out, like, that's probably why I switched majors so many times. It's like, why am I 18 years old trying to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life? So, um, yeah, taking a gap year, going overseas to like work or Mm -hmm. just experience something different, uh, is really beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So like present day, both of y'all are working for Hope Hills and Mary, you touched on it with Catherine, um, kind of, like, I know, tell us a little bit about the organization and what Hope Hills does, um, if you don't mind. Al, I'm going to let Al take that away. She's been sure. working for him. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna oh, yeah, that's that true. Eventually. Yes, yeah, yeah. So as Mary mentioned, our um, sister-in-law had this catastrophic stroke when she was 26, and she, by all accounts, should have died. But um, she had a 16-hour brain surgery and was in ICU for 40 days, and then spent about a year and a half in acute uh, neuro rehab, relearning to do everything like walk, talk. She did not eat orally for a year. Um, she had a six month old baby at the time of her stroke. So she had to relearn to take care of him. And, um, she's had this miraculous recovery and story, but she still lives with very significant disabilities. She's not able to live independently. Um, but who she is has not changed. She's this incredible communicator and has this indomitable spirit and hope. Mm-hmm. So, and the, that's been almost 15 years ago now since her, her stroke. Um, and she and our brother, who's her husband, um, have started this kind of speaking and writing career, um, just because she had this like kind of unusual, spectacular story of survival. Um, so they speak around the country and they've written two books and, um, in the year since, they have started this nonprofit called Hope Heals, and we are a nonprofit that serves um, families affected by disability. And so we have a ton of different offerings, but kind of the core offering is something, uh, it's a summer camp, Hope Heals Camp, that we put on every year in rural Alabama. And um, for instance, we, we've been doing it for six summers, but this summer we'll have about 1,200 uh, campers come through. And campers of all ages, dozens of diagnoses um, from about 40 states, Canada and the UK. So it's a, it's turned into a big thing and the need is very, very deep for families affected by disability to connect with people. Um, yeah. They're the largest unchurched population in the US. Mm. Um, and so because the church option isn't accommodating or accessible to them. Um, yeah, so we're, we kind of, Hope Heals exists 
to connect them into relationship and with resources to thrive within the stories that they're living in. Um, and so I've been working for Hope Heals. I kind of started as their graphic designer way back in the day when I was living in Africa still. So like our time difference was 13 hours, I think. And we would um, oh, off at odd hours of the day. So I kind of helped them build their first website when we had no plan for what Hope Heals would become. And in the subsequent years, I have um, joined as their creative director and camp director. And then Mary Austin has just come on this mm-hmm. year uh, in the last like four months as our special projects manager. She can tell you what she does there. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was about to say, Alex, thank you. That was a fabulous summation. But um, yeah. So, I mean, I, um, I know the question is kind of how did I hop from nurse practitioner world to um, nonprofit? But <laughs> I, um, you know, it's been kind of years in the making. Um, I've spent a lot of years volunteering um, with Hope Heals because it matters to me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. My family matters to me a lot and people in the disabled community matter to me. Um, so those were kind of things that had been in my um, orbit, you know, for many years as well. And um, <sighs> nurse practitionerhood um, is wonderful. And I, I maintain my certification and plan to continue to use that um, part of my skill set um, in different ways. But uh, was kind of struggling with just some of the ways that um, the healthcare system is um, understaffed. And uh, th- there's some complications in any industry. And that one is definitely not exempt from that. Um, so, uh, and this is a great thing to know if you're looking into healthcare, like, oh, yeah, there are some huge um, pushes for certain standards of productivity and certain values that it's really great to look if those are yours and like they may be, and that is like super fabulous, but they might not be. Um, and at the mm-hmm. end of the day, many of the hospitals are, you know, those are businesses that some are privately owned, some are not, but they've got to uh, be able to operate in such a way that they are um, able to keep the doors open. And so there are sometimes complications that come along with that, that can make working um, in that capacity complicated um, from a perspective of uh, the amount of time you're putting into it. So when I really started examining just, um, looking at my life and the roles and goals that I have, of, these are the things that Mary Austin wants to be, you know, good wife, sister, Christ follower, friend, daughter, um, you know, all these things, nurse practitioner, the um, proportion that my job was taking up, um, you know, in the um, hours we have in our week, um, it was taking up too much. And so just in that particular setting, so I decided, um, I I mean, I really struggled and Alex has been such a sweet and pivotal part of that, but um, I I was struggling because I had so gotten in my mind this very, um, just very, I guess like myopic in some ways, but very narrow view of how my career was going to look. I mean, like I was thinking back and I was like, gosh, I used to see career as such a um, a starting point. You had a one-time starting point. You chose it. It was a narrow, straight hallway. You went down, and if you chose differently, you started over, right? Mm-hmm. Like, whereas now I understand career to be this like um, story of the evolution of your talents, your circumstances, and stewardship. Honestly, at the end yeah. of the day, and and that that is like a really beautiful, um, moving thing, though. And I, I think I would have not seen it nearly as um, uh, dynamic as that probably starting out. And so it's been a real journey for me and realizing like, 
the core values of who I am as a person. Um, some of the things would be compassion, um, family, um, some of these things of even flexibility in the way that I can like use my time and, and generosity um, of mm. my time and talents um, and finances. And I thought nursing in all its forms would always fulfill those and no job is going to perfectly do that. But I began to realize that interestingly, the career I went into to, to fulfill those was all of a sudden compromising them. Mm. Um, so that's one big thing that I like to think about just as I've even thought about the, my career so far is looking up, looking around and looking in as you're kind of assessing, are you in the right spot in your career? So for me, looking to Christ and asking God for wisdom, looking around you at the circumstances, mm. you know, are you up to date on what you need to be doing still? You know, is this still a relevant pursuit? Right. Looking at friends and family who know you and love you well to speak into that and looking inward and saying like, what abilities and talents do I have um, that are maybe different, uh, maybe desires that have shifted or changed? So mm -hmm. with that being said, um, I, again, had volunteered a lot at Hope Hills Camp, and it was truly one of the highlights of my whole year to be like a nurse at camp in the summers. Um, and my brother, um, Jay, asked me, we, we were sitting there after a week or two of camp and all just kind of sitting around. And Jace was like, Mary, come work for us, like for real. Like we had kind of always joked about it and been like, no, I could never do that. And he was like, no, I mean it, like come work with us. And so I was just like, I couldn't, like, I was just like, oh, that's sweet. But oh gosh. So that was in July and it took me all the way until November to get to <laughs> that point. <laughs> being like, okay. So um, I began the process of shifting to work um, for Hope Heals. So um, with that, it's been really fun because it's opened my mind up to realize that my core values are what I want to honor in my career. And if that is through nursing, amazing. But if that is through something else, I want to be humble and open-handed enough to see that. So it's been really fun because it's given me the opportunity to not only work with family, which is so huge to me, um, to work with a population that I think is disenfranchised in just every way um, and deserves it and needs um, people who care uh, to come alongside. So it's given me that opportunity and I get to use some of my like skills in this world. They are not irrelevant at all. Um, but it's been really fun because in addition to that, I've gotten to kind of use a different skill set and begin to develop some things I wouldn't have gotten to in medical, in the medical world. Um, because I'm doing some special projects manager. Um, they are opening a coffee shop that will employ adults with disabilities. Um, and so I've gotten to kind of help with the business side of that is still very much in the, um, preliminary stages, but it's been so fun to work on that. Um, and I'm helping with um, quarterly gatherings that are sort of respite um, themed a little bit uh, where we're just trying to have people come in and have an opportunity for connection um, for these families affected by disability. Um, and then in addition, you know, this more flexible lifestyle has also allowed me to work very part-time um, back at the nursing school and the graduate school at Sanford. So it's just, given me a lot of really neat options. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, that's, it's amazing to me to look back and like, just kind of see the path that like my life took. And I mean, y'all's definitely, and see like how the Lord had everything planned out exactly the way that it's supposed to be. Um, so like, I know that with Catherine's um, stroke, I mean, it was, 
devastating and everything, but the Lord works that for good. Um, and so with Hope Hills now, what you said, uh, 1200 uh, campers, is that right? Like this summer, like that is incredible. Um, and that's just all like glory to God for that. That's awesome. Um, okay, so wrapping up, if you could tell a, a little Mary Austin or a little Alex, um, what uh, like any kind of career advice, uh, it could be something small or whatever, if there's any kind of career advice that you would have, what would you tell your younger self? Mm, you know, I think for me, um, gosh, there's so many things, poor little Mary Austin, <laughs> help on pointers on haircuts, et cetera. Um, but career-wise, um, career-wise, you know, I kind of touched on this before, but this has been a very meaningful thing for me to kind of consider in the past few years. My core values as a person, compassion, generosity, flexibility, and family, those things are what make a season of my life successful. It is not a title of a career. It's not, um, you know, success that is um, externally labeled. Um, it is one that I get to um, define. And that's when whatever my season looks like, whatever the kind of, um, circumstances of the season that it transcends that. So if I am meeting, um, these core values or if these are manifesting themselves in my life, then, then I've been successful. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if I'm in medicine or if I'm in nonprofit world, or if I work anywhere in between, if those, um, are realities of my current, um, current life and circumstances, then that can be success for me. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. I think it is important to come up with like core values that you can carry with you forever. Um, so that's really important. That's awesome. Uh, Alex, what about you? You got something? Yeah, I think just that there are no rules, really. Mm -hmm. um, I think the topography of what a career looks like is so different than it was for our parents, our grandparents. Um, and that the lines are all blurred now. People have, you know, specialties while they are, there are still specialties. Um, so many jobs just require you to have a lot of different skill sets. So I would say kind of like, don't put yourself in a box, um, be wide open to new opportunities and have confidence in yourself. Like you, you're smart. You can figure it out. Mm. Hard work is worth so much more than, experience or IQ, like if you can work hard, you can do just about anything. So I think, yeah, just like there's not one path. There's not one right way to go. Yeah. It's buffet. Try a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Uh, that's a really good advice. Cause I do feel like when we were younger, you had this model of you're going to high school, you got to go to college, and then you have to have a career that you'll stay in for 40 years, and then you retire, and then you live your life after retirement, and it doesn't have to be that way. And I think uh, nowadays, it's really coming clear to people like uh, people starting podcasts or <laughs> like uh, just trying different things that they wouldn't necessarily do. Um, and it's good to find something that you enjoy doing, uh, instead of just being like, well, I have to go into whatever field cause a, B or C, you know? Um, but that's awesome. Y'all thank you so much. Um, that was incredible stories. I 
like, I love hanging out with y'all for one. Mm -hmm. Um, but just, I haven't heard y'all stories in a while. So I was like, Alex listening to you. I was like, oh yeah, Africa. Like, <laughs> I do remember that. Like that totally <laughs> slipped my mind. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, and I think y'all gave like really great advice to people that are hopefully searching for it. So, um, this podcast is going to take a different path. I think that people are like used to, I don't think anybody is doing this kind of thing. So, um, I just think it's important and y'all are awesome and I love you. Uh, so thank you so yeah, much. For on. Thank Same you, to you Hannah. Hannah. We're so proud of you. This is awesome. Well, thank you. Well, um, I guess I'll catch up with y'all later. Mm -hmm. so. Come see us at Real and Rosemary. Yeah. Yes. On Wednesdays, I'll be there. Thank you so much for listening to How They Did It. And remember, there is no one way to get the career you want, and everyone's path looks very different. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there. You might have to hand out your resume to different people like Mary Austin did, or you find a connection that will take you to a different part of the world like Alex. Whatever it is, go for it. But before you go, make sure you subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date with future episodes. And please, please, please leave a five-star review. And if you felt inspired by today's episode or would like to leave a suggestion on what career I should do next, then find me on Instagram under how.theydidit. How they did it was already taken. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm Hannah Josie, and thanks for listening to How They Did It.